Believe it or not, the Phillies actually took a series from an inferior team. I know it's hard to believe the Phillies throttle the Pirates last night, winning 12-3. to And winning the series against the Pirates, taking two of three, obviously winning that first game in the notorious Sean Rodriguez walk-off game. And then the disappointing loss in game two when they, uh, obviously the Reese Hoskins error where the ball just, just missed the throw, missed the double play throw. But the Phillies get some redemption last night. Take the series from the Pirates again with a 12-3 victory. Nice to see the bats get going in the final game of the series as the Phillies put up a 12 spot. Nice to see pretty much everyone was involved. Corey Dickerson, uh, only one for five, but scored a run at an RBI. A nice night for JT Real Muto goes three for five with a home run. Dickerson homered as well. Dickerson just continues to rake JT Real Muto three for five with a couple of runs, an RBI home run. And then Bryce Harper, a nice two for three night, scores three runs on the night. Uh, Gene Segura was two for four. Cesar was three for five with three RBI and two runs scored. Adam Hazley, two for five. Scott Kingery, two for five. Every regular in the lineup got theirs. And, of course, even Reese Hoskins. Reese looked good last night for the first time in a little while. A double and a triple for Hoskins as he ends up going two for four on the evening we will dive into it all this is Phillies damn your James Seltzer it is Thursday August the 29th coming off a big big victory Reese Hoskins really nice to see him get going we'll talk a little bit more about Reese's they had some thoughts on Reese before the game Gabe Kapler talking about Reese playing his way through this and certainly had a good night last night is really just everyone gets going the offense just gets going early and often uh Scores uh, two runs in the second, a run in the third. Then the Pirates storm back a little bit. Josh Bell homer. That guy is a beast. Uh, but then Dickerson homers, Harper singles and a run, Hernandez singles and a run. All of a sudden it's 8-2, then 8-3, and then off to the races. 9-3, 10-3, 11-3, 12-3. And the Phillies win it. Romuto and Dickerson the only homers. The Phillies otherwise pound out 17 hits. Over the course of the evening is they, again, just a really awesome offensive performance, which was nice to see uh, going up against a really talented young pitcher who has struggled immensely this season. Mitch Keller struggled yet again, came in last night with an ERA of 7-3-4 on the evening, up to 8-6-2 after giving up eight runs in four innings. As, again, the Phillies just jump all over the young pitcher, which was nice to see. You want to see the Phillies be able to take advantage of a kid like that. Velasquez pitches well after his worst outing in a long time with the seven earned runs in just that horrible loss to Miami, the 1911 game. The Again, just one of the worst losses uh, we've had this season, which is, again, just so hard to believe because it feels like there have been 10,000 Awful, atrocious losses this season. But yet, it seems like that one Friday night game against the Marlins, 19-11, where they're up 7 nothing, and then Vinny gives up seven runs in an inning, um, is up there. It was a real rough one, but Vinny bounces back last night, gives him five strong, only 75 pitches, but they had a big lead. I think it 
made sense to save the bullets. Gives up two earned. No walks. Always nice to see with Vinny. Five strikeouts, five hits. So a really strong outing from Velasquez, though a short one. Austin Davis and Edgar Garcia throw two innings each. Davis gives up a run, but otherwise clean innings in uh, what was obviously some low leverage work there as the Phillies with a big lead for the mass portion of those uh, pitches and innings thrown. But ultimately, that's what they needed. Nice to see, right? Nice to see this team just storm out and actually put up a a 12 spot as they have uh, not, you know, it's funny because we just talked about, I was going to say they haven't put up double digits that often. They put up 11 in the loss, but that was the most hollow 11 runs you'll ever score. They put up seven in the first three innings and ended up losing 19-11. So outscored 19-4 to over the last six innings is not a, something to brag about. But last night was nice. Last night was good as they have an off day. They have much needed off day as this team um, has really struggled to carry momentum through. So I think, you know, as many off days as we can get with the injuries they've had, the bullpen arms that were rolling out on a night-to-night basis, just the, again, I, you know, I, I don't think legitimately, legitimately with the way Hector Neres has pitched lately, I think you can say, that there is not a single pitcher in the Phillies' bullpen who you feel really confident in when they come into pitch. Not one. Not one guy in that entire pen. There is not a single guy who I can see trotting out or, in Jared Hughes' case, running out from the bullpen and say, all right, I feel great. It's crazy to think, but Jose Alvarez might might be the guy that I feel the most confident in right now when he comes out. I don't even know if I can say that with a straight face. I mean, is it Mike Morin? I, he's been good. It's just, it, I don't know how. Blake Parker is getting out. So, I mean, I don't know. It really is uh, astounding when you think about what this bullpen was intended to be with David Robertson at the back end and Sir Anthony Dominguez as the fireman, the guy who could go out and give them important high-leverage innings and very high-quality innings. They counted on Pat Neshek to be a matchup nightmare and to get big outs for them. Tommy Hunter to come in and get big outs for them in the 7th and 8th innings. Adam Morgan to get big outs for them. And, and I mean, just none of these guys are here right now. It's really wild. I, I do think that the job they've done with the bullpen, patching the holes and and getting by and look again, the job they've done, we say with the caveat that it has also blown quite a few games for them and um, has been a, a source of frustration. But on the whole, considering the arms out there, they've certainly outperformed. I think that's one area where the, the players who, who we're talking about have, have outperformed what we would have expected from them. Um, but it's really something we don't talk about enough, how, how decimated this pen is and how, again, especially with Nara struggling, and he's been – you know, up and down this season, but had some really nice stretches. But um, it's really wild to think about how there is there is just no one you trust. No one. Not a single person. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Think about it. Especially, you know, look, there aren't a lot of starting pitchers you trust, which is uh, frustrating too. So, uh, but um, especially with that bullpen, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, speaking of starting pitching, and we'll get to the Reese Hoskins thing in a second, but um, – Starting to get some buzz for Spencer Howard coming up. Pitched again last night in Reading. He's just been absolutely awesome in AA. And he is immediately, if he comes up, the number two pitcher on this team. It's not even close from a talent perspective. 
There's no one else on this team who can even hang with Spencer Howard from a talent perspective. The fact that he's not up already is insane to me. Because, I look, I understand. Look, we just saw it last night. Mitch Keller, a very high-level prospect, a higher-level prospect by a lot of people's estimations than, than Spencer Howard. I like Spencer Howard better. But, um, you know, a, a legit prospect. And he's come up for the Pirates and, you know, been shelled with it for a team that really doesn't matter, you know, a team that's not competing for anything. But he's gotten shelled. So I understand that, you know, sometimes – pitchers will come up and even if they have talent they're not going to succeed at that next level right away and also that that maybe can hurt a pitcher's confidence or whatever but I think in this case I mean first and foremost the most important thing is he just looks ready I mean he's dominating double a hitters it doesn't look like he has anything left to prove at that level I don't think he really has much to prove at the triple a level I don't think the results are going to be much different than they are at the double a level so for a team that is rolling Drew Smiley out there every fifth day, that's you know rolling out, obviously, uh, Vince Velasquez, who knows? Obviously, Zach Eflin rolling out. I mean, I, obviously, Eflin coming off a nice start, his first night start in forever. I just, uh, look, I don't see any sense in not bringing Howard up and putting him in the rotation. I think Smiley, the clearer person you take out for now, as Smiley has really struggled since those first two starts, but I, I just when you look at this team, I don't I don't see any good arguments to not bring Spencer Howard up. I just don't see an argument. I don't see an argument that makes any sense to me if this team wants to make a run here. Spencer Howard was hurt earlier in the season. He's got innings left in his arm. There's really no justification for not bringing Howard up. None. I, I really can't think of any justification. So uh, there you go. Bring him up. Done and done. Um, I, look, I think they will in September uh, when the rosters expand and, and they have a little more flexibility on the 40-man and all that type of stuff. I think that um, I think we'll see him. But he should be up now. He really should. All right. Uh, on to the Reese Hoskins thing. And coming up, we will also uh, discuss a philosophical thing with this Phillies team that, that Joe Gilly brought up that I thought was a – Really fascinating, interesting thought related to the Sean Rodriguez comments. But first, uh, Reese Hoskins, as the Phillies have talked a lot about. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion about Reese. He has been, let's be frank, horrendous. He has been a terrible baseball player since the All-Star break. One of the worst everyday players in baseball over that stretch. He's just been awful. We've all seen the numbers, the 160 batting average, 168, whatever it is, just... He's been bad. He obviously had a nice night last night, and you hope that, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about how he's someone who, you know, kind of has the ability to, to turn it on and off throughout his career, has gone through some rough stretches, but always seems to be able to flip that switch and to, you know, get to where he needs to be um, relatively quickly. But obviously he is in, in the mired in the, the worst slump of his career. Kapler talked about it prior to the game, talked about the idea of keeping him up there. Um, and uh, from Kapler, he says, the first question, he talked to Hoskins about it. And he was talking to the reporters about his conversation with Reese. And he said, the first question, basically, I wanted to get answered was, do you think a day off could help you? And the answer to the question was a pretty strong no. Um, and then he says, I went back and looked at his at-bats from the last night. This is from before yesterday's game. Looked at how his body's been moving over the last couple of weeks. He looks pretty fresh physically. There's no question in my mind. And I acknowledge that it's been a grind for him mentally. But I always like having Reese Hoskins in the lineup and I always like having him at the top five spots in the lineup. 
given the fact that he feels pretty strongly that he should be in the line performing for us. We're aligned, and that was enough. And, look, I understand that. I do think that at a certain point the manager has to take the decision out of the player's hands. I understand that Reese Hoskins wants to help this team win, but right now he's not. <laughs> you know, if you're facing uh, a tough Ray and a pitcher, that, that it might make sense to start Logan Morrison, you know, based on how this slump has been and all that. Um, or to uh, more appropriately put Hoskins lower in the lineup, put him in the seven spot, whatever. Again, nice night last night, moved him back to the four hole after being the leadoff spot for a while. So we'll see if that makes a difference, if that does anything for him mentally, as it clearly does seem like more of a mental issue than a physical issue. Um, Kapler went on to uh, talk about um, when being asked if there's value in getting a, a player right back out there when they're struggling, and he said yes. Uh, it's very similar to the value you get after a closer comes in and gives up a big home run or you strike out with the bases loaded. Uh, it demonstrates a confidence level in the player, and I've had a lot of conversations recently with players about how important it is to instill that confidence, getting it from the manager, getting it from the coaches and your teammates. Kapler goes on to say, oftentimes you'll see an infielder make an error, and if the pitcher is on point and is a good teammate, he'll say, the ball's coming right back at you, and we want you to have that opportunity again. And what does the infielder feel in that moment? He feels like, yeah, expletive, yeah. I want the ball hit at me. So I think there's a, tre- a tremendous amount of value in getting him right back out on the horse. And look, I understand that. I, I think from a uh, philosophical, sociological perspective or whatever, I'm sure there is value in that and in confidence in players and all that. But there's also value, I think, in mental rest, in, in stepping back for a day, taking a day off, all that type of stuff. And again, I, I understand playing through it. I'm not coming in with a hard anti-what-they're-doing stance. I just think that also there are certain times where, like, Reese Hoskins' answer for why he wanted to stay in line was nowhere in a playoff push. I, I want to play and help this team. But again, you have to be able to help the team. And look, he did last night. Hoskins was really good last night. Uh, you know, the double, the triple, scored runs, uh, had a nice game, had a walk. But... um but, you know, for the most part, on average, night after night, night and night out or whatever, I mean, he's been way more of a hindrance for this team than a help over the last month and a half, two months, whatever it is. So, um, I, look, I hope the playing through it works. I hope that's the right approach. We'll find out. We'll see if last night was an aberration or if last night was the beginning of him starting to turn around, but with 30-whatever games left, barely, um, you know, a, a, a month of baseball left. You know, it's a, there's not a ton of time to turn it around. So um, if he's not turning around now, I think maybe you do have to, to give him a rest or whatever. But we'll see. Last night was encouraging. And I, I do uh, – look, I think these guys know better than I do if, if it's smarter for Reese Hoskins to play his way through something or not. So I'm fine with him playing his way through something. I do maybe question always keeping him in the top five spots in the lineup if um, – if he continues to struggle, if last night was not the sign of a, a change or whatever, then maybe hitting him sixth or seventh makes sense. I don't think that's crazy, but um, for right now, look at instilling confidence, as he said, and if that's what Reese needs, if that's what they feel Reese needs, then then that's fine. Do it, and hopefully he's starting to turn out of it again. I think if there's any player who can kind of flip the switch a little bit and, and get out of things quickly like this, I, I think he's that type of player, so... Uh, you hope that we start to see the flip switch a little bit last night and then it starts to progress from there because this team could really use a good Reese Hoskins over the stretch. We saw last night when everyone's going, when the offense is, is moving and all that, 
what a difference it makes. And, and Hoskins is such a big part of that. You know, when he's good, when he's right, he's the second best hitter in the team after Bryce Harper. You know, he's been the best hitter on the team for, for large stretches of this season, or at least portions of the season. So, um, he can make a big difference. If they can get Reese Hoskins going, he could really change the, the trajectory of the, the rest of the season and their chances to make the playoff. Speaking of which, coming up, uh, I had an interesting, there was an interesting philosophical uh, discussion point, so to speak, that Joe Gilly brought up about the Sean Rodriguez thing and all that. And I think that it's an interesting thing to think about. And then we will look ahead uh, to what's coming up on uh, over the weekend as the Phillies get back in action against the Mets, the New York Mets coming to town. Uh, as the Phillies Mets, that will be a, a fun series. Uh, pray to God, please, they better win it. We'll dive into that and uh, where they're at and all that stuff and more coming up. This is Phillies Today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies Today. James Seltzer coming up in a minute. We'll look ahead to this weekend's action, Phillies Mets. But first, Joe Giglio brought up an interesting discussion point when the Sean Rodriguez stuff was happening a couple days ago and, and yesterday and all that. Um and the idea that uh, that you know obviously he said Rodriguez did not deliver the message he was trying to get across well or, or smartly, or, and he shouldn't have said what he said. But does he have a point that there's too much negativity in this Phillies fan base right now? That this is a team that is fighting for a playoff spot. And yet all we do is nitpick, all we do is complain, and there really hasn't been a lot of positivity surrounding this team or this season. Where's the joy, essentially? And I, it really it hit me as a really interesting point because I'm of two minds of it. On the one hand, yeah, you know, I'm with you. This It should be fun. We should be enjoying this. This is a, a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. There will be meaningful baseball games in September played at Citizens Bank Park for the first time in a long time, and that is something that's exciting and something that I know will be exciting. I still am paying attention to the standings. I'm watching what the Cubs are doing. I'm watching what the Mets are doing, the Brewers are doing, all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I, I, It is fun. So from that perspective, I do I do get it. And, and regardless, I don't, I don't think – I understand Sean Rodriguez, as I said. I think he could have made a better point by saying – simply saying, hey – you have the right to do what you want, but it really helps us when you guys are positive and support us. It, it makes us want to play better for you. When, when you guys boo and stuff, it just it it really brings us down. And and um, I, I just think it'd be more helpful to us. You know, if he had done that that way, everyone would be like, "Wow, wow, Sean!" Like that's a a really cool thing to think about. Some people would be like, "Screw you! I'm gonna boo anyway." Why are you? You know, that could happen. But I think a lot of people would have been like, "Hey, Sean, that's that's interesting." But instead, he, he ripped the fans. He called us entitled and. He was just absolutely in the wrong for the people who, you know, pay his salary for all intents and purposes for him to play a game and we come watch him play a game and pay to watch him play a game and buy jerseys and all that stuff. Like, he's just wrong. But I do think that Joe Giglio brings up an interesting point, forgetting Sean Rodriguez, but I'm forgetting whether we boo or cheer because I think a, a righteous boo is is fair game. If, if people deserve to be booed, I think they should be booed. But I do think there is an interesting point that I do think we have been very critical of this team, and I think a big part of it is that they are incredibly frustrating to watch and follow. As I mentioned before, they've had like 10 gut punch loss type games this year where they just lose games that they absolutely have won or should win. They keep, you know, losing to bad teams after 
you know, getting on a, a mini run four games or less, that's it. But, you know, they'll make you, they'll bring you back in. Then they'll punch you in the stomach again. They're, they're an upsetting team to follow from that perspective. They're not fun from a day-to-day perspective. Also, I think there were high expectations, and I, and I do think it's fair to say that maybe we haven't given enough leeway for the injuries to Andrew McCutcheon and, and the aforementioned bullpen disaster. And But I think they're also fair gripes, you know, going into the season with this pitching staff and, and you know, not making moves at the deadline that were, were substantial. And again, the Vargas move looks like a nice move. The Dickerson move looks great, but um, to not really invest in the club at the all-star break or at the trade deadline, uh, there are things that, that, that it's fair to gripe about. Uh, but um, I, I do think there's really something interesting here in the idea of, of uh, maybe we are too negative. I don't know. I think that a lot of times that the criticism is fair and they are a, a frustrating team. And maybe, you know, I, I think that, and look, there have been a lot of instances of things that are deserved to rip. Like the, the hustling issue has been a real issue. I mean, that is not, that is not made up. This has happened many times this season and that's not going to fly and it shouldn't fly. You know, there are things like that. But on the whole, I do think it's fair. Maybe we are too critical, but it's also it all just comes from from being invested in caring. I mean, if we were just sitting here saying, "Ah, whatever," you know, they got they what a horrendous loss that was. You know, they could have won the game here, here, and here, but then this happened, and of course it did. Or or oh, they can't get a run because they get swept by the Marlins at home, or whatever. I think those are fair things to get upset about, and I also think that it's better that we're getting upset about it than, than if we're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, no biggie. I mean, who wants that? So I'm of two minds. I do think it's fair that maybe we need to enjoy it a little bit more and maybe give them a little bit more leeway for the injuries, for the issues, and all that, and for the fact that they're just not that good a team. Ultimately, from a talent perspective, they're just not on the same level as some of the other teams out there, but... Um, at the same time, I do think that, you know, the fact that we're invested matters. And if you're invested, you're, you're not going to be happy with what we get every night. You're not going to be happy with the up and down nature, the too many times they don't show up and all that. So I'm of two minds. I, I understand the, 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 the idea that maybe players wish that we were a little bit more positive and supportive. But at the same time, I also think that, you know, you need to deserve it, and we are invested. In, and if you kind of no-show on us and if you disappoint us, uh, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard for us to, to flip it around and, and you know, rah-rah when, we, we're, when we're mad. So uh, it's real. That's the biggest takeaway for me is that we're real here in Philadelphia as fans. We, we are who we are, and we say what we feel. And, um, you know, I think this team needs to go out and play hard every night. And show up against teams they're better than, and I think it would be a much different tone. So I, I, I see it from both sides, but I still think that more on the side of, of the fan base and um, it, it being righteous than not. All right, this weekend we'll dive into this more tomorrow. A huge series against the Mets as they come to town um, for the three of six games in ten games. They will play against the Mets with a four-game series against the Red sandwich in between. Nola takes it tomorrow, so that'll be huge. Nola versus Wheeler. Eflin versus Steven Matz. And then Jason Vargas versus Marcus Stroman. Fun one there as they, you know, the Mets trade to bring Stroman in and then trade Vargas out because of it. Hopefully Vargas comes in with a little bit of vengeance there. 
Um, but that'll be a fun one. Sunday night baseball, so that'll be a, a good one. So big, 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 big series coming up. As the Phillies coming off a series win against the Pirates, hopefully they can continue. And uh, I'm not even gonna say momentum. They can just win a few games. Take this series. It's a must-win series with the schedules coming up. Must-win series against the Mets. They really have to win it. We'll see if they can make it happen. Either way, we'll be back tomorrow. We will look ahead to the weekend and dive into all that is going on around Phillies Nation and a whole lot more. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today, right here on the Phillies 24/7 Network.